Alright, what is up podcast world? Welcome to the Abstract Audio Podcast. I'm your host Derek. I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. Um, We're inching ever closer to the holidays, that last minute shopping shit. Um, Hopefully you guys got it done. That that shit ends up being more stress than it's worth. Um, At least in my experience. Uh, And procrastination is a motherfucker. Thank God for uh, next day shipping, right? On Amazon Prime. That shit is wild. Free next day shipping. Or free same day shipping, I think. That shit is fucking crazy. Think about that. That's the era that we live in. The age that we live in. That that shit's free. Same day shipping. That must mean overtime at the fucking factories, right? You guys are probably getting money. If you work at... If you work for Amazon... Um, I guess that's a plus side. But goddamn, are we needy asses, right? We are needy motherfuckers. We are procrastinating ass motherfuckers. I'm I'm mainly talking about myself, but um, I know there's got to be someone out there like me. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, hopefully you guys got a chance to check out the playlist. Uh, this one was definitely a vibe. I know I'll kind of say that about every single one of them, but um, definitely a lot of my emo kind of, uh, I guess, what would you call it? Not airy, um, atmospheric, atmospheric type of shit. Um, I don't know. It's, it's uh, definitely down tempo. It's definitely a more relaxed playlist, um, but I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed it once it took form, because that one was, you know, it was iffy for a minute. I uh, I had some newer UK artists on there that I was excited about, and uh, and then from there, I wasn't really sure what I was going to add to it, but it uh, it ended out, or it turned out that it um, there was quite a bit of new music that kind of fit that vibe that I was feeling and then um some throwbacks to uh Plaza's mixtape that I feel like was kind of overlooked or it was definitely or it's not even a mixtape I think it was an EP and if you guys aren't aware Plaza just uh P-L-A-Z-A uh one of Drake's newest artists I believe he signed to OVO and um and yeah, I was just, you know, I completely forgot about the EP. I loved it. I believe it came out earlier in the year. Um, And fucking amazing music, man. So hopefully you guys got to check that out. Um, Let's get into our first story. So we're going to start off with Simpson news. Yes, you heard me right. The Simpsons. Um, Yet again, they predicted... Some shit. So you guys are likely aware of the acquisition recently that was all over. It was highly publicated. I mean, um, Disney acquiring uh, the majority of Fox. Um, And this is just the most recent in events that The Simpsons predicted. Now, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but you you likely are. I think it's pretty, you know, wide. 
knowledge, but um, the Simpsons have been predicting shit for upwards of, what, two decades now? I don't know what the fuck's going on. Is there some freaky deaky shit going on over there? Some seance type shit? I don't know, but someone knows some shit over there. Um, So this is just amongst previous events that they had foreseen which uh include lady gaga's super bowl halftime show which i'm not fully aware of the episode but they also had written an episode where donald trump would one day become u.s president they got that for better or worse they fucking got it and maybe they jinxed us maybe it's fuck the simpsons maybe they jinxed us I don't know, but they now, the most recent prediction that the long-running show even called the 20th Century Fox takeover of Disney. Wait, was that? I'm reading this off of the hype beast. I thought I had the story. What is it, 20th century, 20th century Fox taking over Disney? I thought this was the other way around. Hold on, give me a second. Yeah, so I'm, I'm here on The Verge. And the headline reads, Disney has acquired 21st Century Fox's film and TV studios in a landmark deal. Um, so I don't know if, if that's a mistyping or if I'm reading it wrong. Either is likely just as possible. Um, but regardless, that doesn't fucking matter. Fuck the acquisition. That's not that's not what matters here. It's the Simpsons, I'm telling you, bro. So the Simpsons have been on the air for over twenty seven years, making it more making it more likely than some themes or jokes would come true in real life. This nineteen year old throwaway gag is one of many that are creepily close to real-world events. Check out the many ways that show, the show has creeped folks out with its accuracy. Um, yeah, fucking crazy. There's a still, uh, it was tweeted out by Darren Ravel on Twitter, D-A-R-R-E-N-R-O-V-E-L-L, uh, and it reads, Disney announces it has reached a deal to acquire 20th, 21st Century Fox, as predicted by a Simpsons episode that first aired on November 8th, 1998. Some freaky shit, bro. Uh, and it's just a still, a, a still shot of uh, the 21st or the 20th Century Fox logo in in The Simpsons. Of course, they changed it, uh, and it says a division of Walt Disney Co. So, or maybe they didn't change it. Maybe it just updates. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, some crazy shit, some, uh, kind of wild shit to get started on, right? Um, now next, there were rumors, sneaker news, we're talking sneaker news now. Um, there were rumors of Eminem's Air Jordan 4 Encore re-releasing, retroing, if you will. And, um, these rumors were initially started last week um and we quickly found out that they would be unobtainable 
Um, so even if they were to release in a retro format, you know, a slightly wider availability, this would likely likely be a uh, purely a what do they call it? It's like a hype product to build a, a brand's attention. Um, I forget. There's a fucking specific name for it. Um, but regardless, that's likely what this would be. Extremely limited numbers, mainly meant to drive hype and attention to a brand. Um, energy, energy product. That's what it is. Uh, more than likely, this would just be an energy release, right? Well, that is not the case. Uh, the downside is that it's going to be unobtainable. Uh, so we got to cope with that. But the upside is that it's going to be released through a raffle through StockX. Um, and you can buy a ticket for $10 and the money funded goes towards, what is it? The Marshall Mathers. Hold on. I have the name right here. The, um, all right. So let me read their, their little quote. The StockX team is teaming up with Eminem again, giving you a chance to win the only pair of Air Jordan 4 Encore 2017 available to the public and other prizes from Eminem. Uh, all of the net proceeds will be donated to the Marshall Mathers Foundation to help fund Detroit community initiatives. Uh, for every $10 donation made, eligible donors will be entered for a chance to win their choice of nine different prizes, all coming straight from Eminem's personal archives. Um, so far, there's 141 hundred thousand raised i mean fucking fucking crazy man damn near a hundred and fifty thousand um but i do have to say if you guys watch this video there was a brief i think like five five ten minute video on youtube um i believe it's on StockX's channel and it is essentially just Eminem giving the sneakers, you know, handing them over to, uh, well, this is where I think they initially introduced the, um, the fundraiser format that this was going to be taking. Uh, but it also is Eminem handing over the sneakers one by one to the owner of StockX. I forget the guy's name. Um, and he just gives a brief background on them. But goddamn, man. I don't know. You guys watch it and you let me know. Am I being harsh? Eminem's fucking dad jokes are at a fucking all-time high. Like, this shit, just some of them fall flat on their face. Like, I don't know, man. It's it's cringy to watch. It's a bit cringy to watch. You guys watch it and let me know. Um, Not nearly as bad as or the uh, recently released sneaker shopping with Eminem isn't nearly as bad as this StockX video. Um, Eminem still has his dad humor on full display in the sneaker shopping episode, but there's some funny shit in it, at least. Um, the shit where he's acting like his manager Paul's there. I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm being judgmental. Uh, maybe I'm just... It, it, shit is cringy, though. I, I can't lie. That shit is cringy. Um... But all right, so I'm going to run through the sneakers that are releasing for the fundraiser. So there's, of course, the Jordan 4 Encore 2017, a size 12. 
Uh, now, mind you, I I entered the raffle. I bought two tickets, so essentially, you know, ten per ticket, uh, ten per chance, I guess. And uh, there's no limit. If you guys would like to enter, it's on uh, StockX.com. And it is available. The Eminem StockX Jordan 4 Encore Charity Campaign runs from 12 p.m. on Thursday, December 14th through 11.59 on Wednesday, December 20th. Um, so you guys still have time. But uh, I bought two tickets. And admittedly, when I bought the tickets, I thought... Because in the video they mentioned... Eminem mentions that uh, this is a retro, it's coming back out, and this is more limited than the initial release, uh, which is some fuckery. But he also mentions that there, you know, in that he mentions that there are 23 pairs that are releasing, or not even that are releasing, but 23 pairs made. And then, of course, Michael Jordan took one. And now we're left with 22. Well, I thought that was going to be 22 that were entered into the raffle. Um, that's not the case. There's only one entered into the raffle, and that is a size 12. And then, so this is supposedly going to be the only pair available to the public. Every other pair, all 21 other pairs, they, they have other plans for. I'm guessing it's going to be through some type of bidding war or, you know, like a, just you bid on them, I guess. Um, but I don't know. They haven't released information on those yet. They just mentioned that this one will be available to the public, a size 12. Um, and um, also amongst the prizes, uh, along with the Air Jordan 4 Encore, there will also be a Nike Air Force One Shady Records signed size 8.5 left shoe. And also a... Nike Air Force One Shady Records signed size 8.5 right shoe. And in the video, he Eminem goes over these. And these are signed by, I believe, every member of D12. And uh, so you have to be mindful of which side you get. Well, I mean, you won't have a pick. I'll, I'll explain that in a second. Um, but essentially, nine win. Well, I'll explain it right now. Essentially, there will be nine winners uh, chosen, obviously, in random order. And... If you're chosen first, you get to pick first. And then if you're chosen second, you get to pick second. And then obviously, you know, if you're fifth, you get to pick from what's left and so on and so forth, right? Um, but what I was mentioning is obviously this pair is split in half for the fundraiser. And um, and not all of them are. But this this pair of Air Force Ones in a size eight and a half is... And um, I, I believe one side is signed by Dr. Dre. I don't know if one if that side would fetch more money. I would imagine if this goes to someone with money or someone tries to acquire the pair, they're going to obviously put up the money for either size or for both sizes or for both pairs, both sides, whatever the fuck. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of fun fact. If you guys watch the, bit, the video, it's, it's pretty cringy. I'm kind of saving you there. By letting you in on those details but um also there is the nike air force one shady records size 6.5 a full pair um 
And then there's also, I don't know, it says that these are Eminem's personal pairs. These must be like family and friends or some shit. Because these sizes range like crazy. Um, this one actually is Eminem's true size, I believe. The Nike Air Max Wright worn by Eminem, size 10, full pair. Uh, and then there's the Converse Chuck Taylor All-Stars, Bad Meets Evil, size 8, full pair. The now, now we get into some bullshit. Uh, it's like exclusive merch or like merch that was only released to friends and family or some shit. So it'll fetch some money, but nothing like the other shit. Um, the Shrine Sneaker Duffel South America 2016 Tour. The Carhartt Crew Member Jacket South America 2016 Tour, size large. And the Shine Sneaker Backpack South America 2016 Tour. Um, now, let's be honest. If you guys get if you guys get a pair, you're going to sell it, right? I mean, I think that's what most people would do. That's, that's kind of the... It, it, that's, what, that's what ended up fucking me over. It's because I was thinking of all the money that I could get from, if I, you know, just me getting lucky and getting a pair, even if it's not the Encore pair. Just one of the Air Force Ones, even the Chuck Taylors. And then listing it and obviously selling it. Um, and, you know, all that, all that fucking money. Like, dude, I, I would imagine these are going to end up ultimately in the hands of collectors, right? Because it's just, it fetches so much money. These are astronomical. They, they mention on the episode of the, or the brief little StockX, and I think on the sneaker shopping episode, actually, um, they mentioned, yeah, uh, Joe LaPuma mentions it, that there is a Jordan 4 Encore, I believe he said on eBay or some shit, going for 45000 or 75000 something ridiculous. That just makes me wonder, is that really the price that it fetches or is it just ran up by fucking, you know, kids trying to bid on the shit? I don't, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so apparently the... If you guys want to enter it, it's still going on. Uh, $10 a ticket. I don't know. I don't know. What are the odds? You know, uh, but all right. Staying in Eminem news. Uh, Eminem recently had a bar about a referencing, I guess. Not even about, um, but referencing Die Antwoord. Um, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, mind you. Uh, I believe they're like a UK group. Um, there's Ninja and Yolandi. Um, if you guys are familiar, they're just this kind of outlandish. Uh, oh, they're South African. Okay, yeah, South African hip-hop group, Die Antwoord. Um, so it, M mentions them in a bar on Untouchable. Uh, a track off of his upcoming album, Revival, well, it's out now. Um, and I'll have that review coming for you guys, uh, what, I'm thinking Wednesday, on Wednesday's episode. I want to listen to it one more time. I, I, I listened to it fully today, and I'm going to listen through one more time. You know, sleep on it, then wake up, listen to it sometime, and, uh, and then I'll go over it with you guys. Um, but on the single Untouchable, in the third verse of the track, M references South American hip-hop group, Die Antwoord. Uh, if you guys are familiar, they're just like this outlandish group that um, I actually, you know, some of their imagery and their, like, just their, they're just 
extreme, I guess. And uh, some of the shit is dope as fuck. Not even necessarily the music. I remember I first heard of them maybe five, five or so years ago. And um, it was just one song. And, uh, and it was pretty dope. I mean, they definitely have a different style musically and aesthetically. And I appreciate, I appreciate the aesthetics more than the music uh, I found, at least now. Um, not because of this M, M news, but just uh, as far as what they do aesthetically, it's just interesting. It's kind of like FKA Twigs, if you guys are familiar. That's what their style reminds me of. It's just out there and bizarre and uh, very, very artistic. Um, but he mentions them in the lines, I'd rather hear him say, die inward then die ant word ninja now it's better disguise banter um and obviously he's referencing ninja which is i believe uh what die ant word constantly they use that a lot in their lyrics um ninja clearly sounding like another word that is uh more controversial that starts with an n and so that's essentially what he's saying is it's better disguised banter um and I guess they're upset. They weren't exactly appreciative of the shout out on Untouchable, considering M had to incorrectly pronounce their name for the line to rhyme. Uh, Ninja and Yolandi Visser didn't want to let this one slide. So taking to Instagram, Yolandi addresses Eminem directly. Um, and I'm going to play the clip. It's posted to her, to Yolandi's Instagram and she's under the name Pronstar, P-R-A-W-N underscore S-T-A-R. Um, I'll play that right now for you guys. All right, so uh, maybe the uh, the semen in the bum line was a bit too much, I would say. Um, I think this is clearly, I think it's smart on their part. I mean, aside from them taking jabs at M, which I don't think no one really takes serious. Um, but I think it's very smart on their part when someone of... When an MC of M's caliber mentions you, you'd be dumb not to fucking capitalize on it, you know? And if they didn't mention anything, if they were just like, ah, that's M, he's the GOAT, he can say our name however the fuck he wants, you know, and they were really humble about it, uh, which may be the more reasonable route, the more understandable route, um, this actually makes more sense because otherwise, if they didn't respond, you know, I wouldn't even be talking about them right now. And they wouldn't be covered on hype beast, uh, likely you know a handful of other outlets, and uh, yeah, so I understand it. Um, the caption on the the video is they at Eminem, and it says uh, LOLZs, 
and uh, hashtag Petty Wop, hashtag Eminem disses us or dissed us, and hashtag But West I love you. Um. So yeah, I mean, if you guys heard the track, you know, uh, let me read this last paragraph for you guys because it kind of it uh it explains like M's previous like he he's discussed this before that he manipulates words to make them rhyme the way that he wants them to so M previously explained he has to deliberately mispronounce names in his raps uh oftentimes not out of malice but to make his words rhyme better untouchable can be heard below uh Eminem's rival album drops December 15th all right yeah it's already out but um I don't know I just thought it was really smart on die ant word uh you know to capitalize on him mentioning them and uh i don't know the songs are not the greatest you guys have heard it untouchable it's not terrible um but i'll cover it more in the album review um all right now on to the next story uh Lonzo Ball and his disrespectful ass Nas hoodie. Now it was he he was seen wearing the hoodie arriving at a triple B pop up. So the big baller brand pop up shop. I believe it was in New York. Um Yeah, he was also wearing the hoodie as he headed into Madison Square Garden. And uh, and it's essentially, if you guys have seen Nas's, what is it, It Was Written? I believe is the album cover. Hold on one second. I believe, yeah, It Was Written. So it's a profile photo of Nas, a young Nas, what is he, like, 18 here, and, uh, the projects behind him, and Lonzo was wearing a hoodie with his face, just, the, you know, the same profile shot, um, in the same background or whatever, and, and his name off in the corner where Nas's would be. Now, this is only even somewhat relevant uh, because Lonzo had previously made comments, I believe it was on Twitter as well, um, that he would rather listen to Future and Thug or, or just newer artists opposed to Nas. Um, and people were outraged. This was, this had to be like six months or so ago. Um, and now he does this. And, uh, really it's just, the Ball family doing what the Ball family does. Um, or that's what it was. He said Nas isn't relevant. That's what I believe he was quoted saying um, in the statements like six months ago or whatever. The the tweets like six months ago. Um, yeah, the Lonzo or the Ball family doing what they do best. Um, it's cheap attention. And they've kind of become masters of it. Not necessarily masters. I don't think it's something that's hard to master. Again, it's cheap attention. Um, so I guess smart on Lonzo. 
um I initially when he made those comments I was pretty outraged I like not outraged I think we throw that word around too much I was annoyed um I understood where the comments come from because I understand we're we're reaching a age where or where generations are eclipsing right and Nas and Jay-Z's earlier stuff and uh and just all these these artists and projects uh albums that people would typically you know that hold that they hold in high regard as legendary albums or uh just defining albums in hip-hop those aren't acknowledged by this younger generation and so i understand that but it was more so the way that he expressed it you know in in saying that you know nas is overrated or, or whatever the fuck um but clearly now six months even just six months down the road it was it was likely more than that but you know albeit uh the the ball family has stayed in the news ever since in headlines for pointless shit like this and uh and i you know i'm kind of coming to the conclusion right now that i'm only feeding into that um but i just wanted to mention that it's yeah it's cheap attention it will get you you know the the momentary eye that you're looking for um but it's nothing to be outraged over if like if you guys are annoyed at it i just know that i was initially very you know pretty fucking annoyed by it just the ignorance of the statement right because nas does mean quite a bit to me and uh you know his just album songs one mic is fucking legendary i mean come the fuck on you know but uh i don't know you just got to understand now that you're only feeding into it and don't let it get you riled up you guys probably already know that I'm, I'm more so again talking to myself but uh yeah cheap attention um you know Nas is legend uh so fuck you Lonzo <laughs> but uh no I mean he's doing his thing you know he's staying in the news I see both sides you know but uh I think there are better ways to go about it all right, next, getting into The Rock news. And I feel like we'll be seeing more of this to come, uh, just based off of these statements. Uh, so The Rock and Kevin Hart were recently on Ellen, on The Ellen Show, right? Um, you guys likely heard of this. But Ellen, at one point, asks him in a pretty serious manner, because obviously it's, it's typically... The show is, you know, full of banter and, you know, joking, lighthearted conversation, right? Uh, Ellen stops and kind of, you know, she, she she gets a bit more serious and asks The Rock, you know, are you are you seriously considering running? And uh, The Rock gets serious and says that he's seriously considering it uh, in a very convincing, you know, manner. Uh, and not that I didn't believe it before. But it's just bizarre to see still. Um, and it's just. It's fascinating fucking times that we're in. Like. I don't know. I was talking to my grandpa about this the other day. And just how shit is shifting. Like we're essentially in a wormhole. Where everything. Our, our means of communication. The way we communicate as as you know humans. The way that uh just fucking everything like the the political landscape it it's been it, it's 
fucking shifting right in front of us, right? Um, and that's what makes this a reality. And it's no knock to the rock. It's just, these are fucking crazy times, you know? And, um, and that's essentially what this will open the possibilities of, you know, people running for office. That's kind of what this opens the possibilities to, obviously, with Trump um, being in office. Clearly, it sets a precedent. And um, I think it's very likely that we see The Rock run. I think it's likely that we see Mark Cuban run. I think it's likely that we see uh, Mark Zuckerberg run. And uh, it's it's interesting times, people. Like, shit is... Shit, this, this is the time to be alive. That's what... I mean, for better or for worse, I say that in that it's so... Not, not even eventful, but just so much change is brought about. And everything that we know, the, the standards that we knew, um, it's all changing. And no one knows what the fuck is going on. It's like an earthquake is hitting, you know, the way that we function as, as a, a human race, our society, our, uh, you know, our political landscape and, and all that shit. And uh, I don't know, the way that I look at it, I've spoke about this before. It's typically like stoner conversation topic shit. Uh, but, you know, the question like if we were hit by a meteor would you want to be alive during that time? And my choice has always been, it's kind of an odd formulated question, right? Very structured towards a, a certain response. Uh, but my response has always been, yeah, like, fuck yeah, I would want to. Um, same with like astronauts or like going to space or say it was like a, a one-way trip to mars you know a mission to mars with a very low percentage of a return rate or a very low return rate or whatever right um and it, i just think that it would be fascinating and fucking amazing you would just be legendary in the action of going and uh and it's not necessarily that it's more so this that you would get to see something that no fucking human has seen in their life just that and mind you it's just your moment you know you're not tweeting about that bitch well likely you are i think the fucking astronauts in space tweet and shit right so maybe you are maybe you're instagramming that bitch but you know like seriously though it's a moment for yourself and it would be I don't know, a very serene moment in a weird way. A very at-peace moment, I personally feel like. And I mean, even in the example of the asteroid, something so dire and catastrophic. You know, I, I don't know the geography side of it or the astrophysics side of the shit, but say it was just an asteroid that was large enough to impact half the Earth and then would what like form a pollution layer or some shit on the other side of the earth and then send us into an ice age that shit would be dope i mean i'm i may be i mean if shit happens some wild shit happens between 
this podcast and Wednesdays, and I'm reporting Wednesday's podcast live from an igloo. Maybe I'll change my tune, but uh, I don't know. Really, though, if you figure such a, a like a timeline of such a mundane existence or, or just like very few events, right? There's so much shit happening right now. I mean, really using that example, our timeline as a human species, this has to be one of the most eventful times. Like, this shit is big. I mean, I don't know. That's to, to draw it back to where I started, you know, with The Rock possibly, well, likely running for president in 2020. That shit still sounds crazy. That shit still sounds crazy, but it's it's the times that we're in, and shit is not normal, shit is not typical, shit is shifting, um, and it's fascinating. I love it for you know for better or worse. It's just again I view it from like the macro. I mean, if you're a fan of Gary Vee, you know that word and you know it fucking well. The uh, macro view of the the human timeline. Like, this is a very eventful period. And, uh, I mean, innovation is fucking insane right now. So, I don't know. It's uh, fascinating times, people. Just a reminder. As, as if you needed it. Right? Um, Alright. So, our next story. And would you vote for him? That's a real question, though, right? Um, That 2020 race, man. God damn, that shit's gonna be wild. Okay. So, the next story is uh again a way an, an an a prime example of our world changing and and our society changing and adapting um so target buys same day delivery service shipped for 550 million dollars um one of the largest acquisitions in the company's history so target has announced plans to acquire the delivery platform shipped for $550 million, allowing the company to make same-day deliveries across the U.S. It's one of the largest acquisitions in Target's history and is expected to begin in all major cities by the end of 2018. That's fucking crazy. I, I mean, well, not really. I mean, kind of, but all major cities, that's like, what, like fucking five? Um, Still kind of crazy, though, I guess. Uh, the service will be limited to groceries, essentials, home, electronics, and other products, but Target plans to expand it to every product category the following year. Uh, Products will be bought from Target stores by shift, as opposed to warehouses and sent for delivery. Same-day delivery is increasingly becoming the battlefield for retailers fighting to be most convenient for customers. Uh, Companies like Walmart, Best Buy, and Amazon offer same-day services to customers. Uh, Shout out to Amazon. If you have Prime, you have free same-day shipping right now, right fucking now. I think it's until the end of the holiday, so, like, fucking, what, literally, it might be literally Christmas Day, um, but I don't know, that shit's wild, you have that right now if you didn't know, um, I didn't know, I read a fucking article on it, I was like, oh, dope, um, but, and Amazon has even acquired Whole Foods to enter the food delivery game, which sent shockwaves through the grocery industry, uh, I guess I'll briefly read this last paragraph. Uh, we laid out the unambitious strategic agenda for in early 2017 
which included a focus on giving our guests a number of convenient ways to shop with Target. Whether it's ordering online and picking up in one of our stores, driving up to pick up an order, or taking advantage of services like our new restock program, said John Mulligan, Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer for Target. With Ship's network of local shoppers and their current market penetration, uh, we will move from days to hours, dramatically accelerating our ability to bring affordable same-day delivery to guests across the country. Um, I predominantly bring up this topic to mention how fucking dope it's going to be. Um, mind you, I live in a rural-ass fucking town up in some mountains in Arizona. And, uh, you know, the middle of bumfuck nowhere. And so I'll likely be five years away from seeing this or some wild shit like that. Um, granted that I don't move before then, which is the likely, the likelier of the two. But, um, I just think this is, this is fucking exciting, man. I mean, for me, and that's also why I wanted to bring it up to ask you guys, what do you, do you, if you live in a bigger city where this is available, whether it be, um, what is it? I don't know if it's Amazon green or what their grocery service is, is called. Um, but have you ever bought groceries online? You know, have you ever done same day shipping? Um, because that shit is all crazy to me. Postmates, bro, like if we had Postmates, I would be at least fucking 30 pounds heavier. Like, come on, bro. Like, that shit is so dope to me. I'll go to fucking Phoenix just to do Postmates, bitch. Like, that, that's how fucking excited I am about this shit. Um, but yeah, this shit is so fucking exciting. To not have to go to the grocery store. Are you guys like that? I don't know if it's necessarily antisocial. It's probably definitely a tinge of that. Um, I'm known to be that, but I'm also just burdened by the shopping. Like, not necessarily burdened. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like some, you know, privileged asshole. But like, you guys probably know what I mean, right? Like, just going to pick out the shit. Like, come on, bro. Just give me an avocado. I don't give a fuck if it's not soft. I'm gonna let it sit there, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm extremely excited for these services. Uh, so if you guys have them available in your areas, do you use them? Uh, are they convenient? Would you even find these useful? Or am I exaggerating? Is it not that bad to go to the grocery store? Because I feel like it's a pain in the ass. Um, a necessary pain in the ass. You come home, you get to fucking pig out, whatever, right? Um, I don't know. But do you guys use this? That's that's mainly what I'm interested in. Um, all right, now... Still in, well, I guess getting more into the techie space. Um, some shit I did not have any knowledge on before this past weekend. And that being uh, Jeff Bezos, the, what is it, founder, uh, billionaire. Uh, he, he founded Amazon, if you're aware, if you've heard of it. Um, he also has a space program called blue origin that competes directly with spacex elon spacex if you if you're unfamiliar um and elon musk being the founder of i believe paypal and uh tesla and um newly the the boring company 
boring holes under LA. Um, what the fuck else? I feel like I'm leaving a huge one out. Tesla. Oh yeah, and then SpaceX. Uh, yeah. So, and uh, and if you guys are unfamiliar, that is his program, Elon's program, uh, that is exploring, and it has had many successful launches. Uh, I, I think they've mainly been supply missions, but, uh, yeah, fucking space travel and shit. Um, so a whole new, uh, space race era or, or an whole new era of the space race going on right now that I had no knowledge of. I thought it was just SpaceX. Um, but this story is to say that he's not the only one. Jeff Bezos is getting in on the party. Uh, his Blue Origin has successfully launched, I believe, their first rocket. Um, SpaceX has suffered. Let me read this article to you guys real quick. Um, SpaceX has suffered delays and setbacks this week in regards to the launch of its Falcon 9 rocket and Dragon capsule. But competitor Blue Origin hasn't. Blue Origin, owned and founded by billionaire Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos, um, which he seems like an extremely dope guy. If you guys have ever seen an interview, I know that you, if if you're like me, you've likely only seen the uh, the fucking, you know, like bulked out, roided out Jeff Bezos, you know, looking like a fucking, uh, looking like a fucking Bruce Willis stunt double or some shit, right? But um, if you guys actually watch interviews, I mean, he seems like an extremely uh, fascinating, obviously intelligent dude. Uh, pretty entertaining. Like, definitely not my initial impression. Um, so if you had a chance, just check a, a brief little interview out. Uh, some interesting shit. But uh, so he successfully launched uh, it's the, the Blue Origins new unmanned Shepard rocket from its launch site in West Texas. Um, accompanied by only a dummy in the capsule, also known as Mannequin Skywalker. Clever. Not really. Kind of corny. But uh, the new Shepard system is an entirely reusable system that works with a vertical launch and landing to propel the capsule into space. The booster and capsule launched more than 250,000 feet into the air and successfully landed upright on the launch pad at 6.75 miles per hour, gently falling down with parachutes. Known as Mission 7, the mission uh, featured the next generation booster and the first flight of Crew Capsule 2.0, said a statement from Blue Origin. Uh, Blue Origin has, Blue Origin already has customers contracted to fly to space sometime next year, with Bezos saying in April that the time spent in space will take less than 10 minutes with the entire process, boarding, the flight to space, re-entry, and landing, clocking in at under an hour. What the fuck? I did not know. So, good news. Good news. It's it's not, going to space isn't that great anymore. It's not such a unique experience, right? Um, But no, also good news. You can do it, and you don't gotta die. That's good. That's uh, life goals for me right now, then. Fuck yeah. Could you guys imagine? Would you guys do that? I mean, there's no mention of a price in the article. But by next year, launching people into space, 
what the fuck, man? Uh, how much would you guys be willing to pay for that? I'd give it a grand. Maybe a grand. Yeah, yeah, a grand. I don't know. Maybe I... <laughs> maybe... I, I don't know. What, what would you guys pay? I don't even know what's fucking reasonable for that shit. Life-changing experience, in my opinion. So I'm not exactly the dude to have on your side when you're trying to be frugal about the shit. Um... I don't know, man. That's fucking fascinating. Fascinating fucking times, people. In case you didn't know. Fascinating fucking times. God damn. Every story today. What the fuck? Um, all right. Next story. Uh, in tech news, getting even deeper into techie news. Um, Apple invests $390 million in Finistar, Finistar laser manufacturing. Um, Apple continues to build on Face ID tech. So Apple has named Finisar a company that manufactures vertical cavity surface emitting lasers. VCSELES for short. uh, As the next recipient to receive funds from its $1 billion U.S. advanced manufacturing fund. Apple is currently invested in laser powered tech that allows Face ID and emoji portrait mode selfies and even the proximity sensing on the company's airpods to function that's fascinating i didn't know that um but also while briefly mentioning that if you guys saw uh marquise i think it's marquise brownie uh he's a tech reviewer on youtube like the tech reviewer on youtube um if you guys saw his his review, mind you, it was, what, a month? Um, maybe two months ago now? Close to two months? Uh, of the iPhone X, he, I, I swear, he was the only one to reveal it. And, and I would have imagined that it would have sparked fucking articles all over the place. It would have been the trend, like, trending on fucking Twitter and all that shit. Um, but he covered the face id like the notch right he covered the notch and was still able to use an emoji which was fascinating to me because you know and that's what he mentioned is although apple sells it as a strictly iphone 10 feature clearly with it not needing any of the front-facing technology you could essentially have it on the what is it eight plus and the eight uh, but he fucking he revealed that in his review and it was fucking fascinating to me because i was like you know a big fuck you to apple for selling this shit as i mean it's fun the shit is fun i'll admit that um but fuck you still apple for selling this shit as a, a you know a 10 exclusive that shit is that shit is petty, man. Like, that's beneath them. That's some yay shit. That's some yay selling the fucking bundle with Yeezy, with Yeezy clothing shit. Like, that's beneath you, bro. So, either way, I was fucking upset. It didn't make any headlines, at least that I had seen. And I might be telling you guys for the first time. But, yeah. If you have a 10, you bought that and you bought it for an emoji... You don't even necessarily need that shit. I mean, of course, Apple makes it exclusive to the phone. So you do, you know, if you want an emoji, you do need the 10, but not for 
tech limitations. Like that's not what, that's not why it's not on the other phones. And if you have an eight plus or an eight, you uh, you're fucked. Uh, Apple Apple's pulling some bullshit on you guys, and um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's more complex than that, but I felt like that proved it well enough. Um, so yeah, he covered the front notch, which has all of the front-facing tech, all the new laser tech, all that shit. Supposedly, you know, needed to be, you know, for that exclusivity. That's why it's on only on the ten, and no. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm fucking exaggerating. That shit's fucked up though. Um, but to finish up, Apple says all of the VCSELS that they will purchase from Finisar will be made in Texas. President Trump has been pushing Apple to move its iPhone production to the U.S., and this new advanced manufacturing fund seems to be part of a response to more U.S.-based manufacturing. Apple, however, still doesn't manufacture iPhones in the States. In total, Finisar will receive $390 million in funding. Um, so yeah, I just basically wanted to use that to vent, um, because this tech in Animojis is bullshit. Uh, and otherwise, it's Apple doing Apple shit. I mean, uh, th- clearly that's their future. What I'm interested in is, do you think we will see a under-the-screen fingerprint scanner from Apple? I don't I don't think that it's, it's ever possible that they're going to backtrack on the notch. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think, even with their, like, three-pillar strategy or whatever, their three-tier strategy, you know, the premium phone, the average range, and then the uh, mid-range or low range, I guess. Um, I'm thinking, so say that the the 10 or the, the phone that's top-tier has the face ID and fingerprint scanning. I mean, would it necessarily need both? I don't think so. I don't know. But maybe just say they put both in because it's the premium model. And then say the lower end models, you know, in quotations, lower end, because it's all fucking expensive as shit. Um, The lower end models have the fingerprint scanner under the screen. And this is all theoretical. I don't I don't know. I don't know what leaks say right now. We're a year out. So I try not to pay too much attention to them because it changes so fucking much. But I do know that I believe it's Samsung who obviously manufactures Apple screens. Um. I believe there were leaks of a Samsung phone that has a under-the-screen fingerprint scanner. And so that just had me wondering, will we see that? And and what, you know, because I don't think we'll see the Face ID go anywhere. That would feel like Apple taking, admitting they took a loss, and Apple doesn't, you know, in Apple's eyes, Apple doesn't take losses, right? Um. So I don't know. How do, do you think we'll see a fingerprint scanner under the screen? Um, briefly to recap what, like a month with the iPhone, I guess that'll be the next topic, topic just real quick, because, uh, face ID has turned out to be pretty fucking annoying. And I saw this, this thought echoed on, uh, the Apple Byte podcast, um, with Brian Tong and I forget the, I forget the other guy's name. Fuck. He's dope as fuck too. But, uh, but on the Apple Byte, I think it was the Extra Crunchy podcast because they have the Apple Byte podcast and the Apple Byte Extra Crunchy podcast. Um, they, you know, Brian Tong 
had mentioned, which is a tech reviewer for CNET, um, he had mentioned that the Face ID proved to be pretty underwhelming and annoying a month in or, or, you know, a little over a month in. And I have to agree. I mean, that shit is, it's obvious that, like, it's definitely a burden. Um, and obviously, you never had that shit with fingerprint scanning. You know, with the with the fucking touch ID, it was all instant, you know? And um, I don't know, it's still dope, but it does turn out to be pretty annoying. I mean, if you guys have the 10, you let me know. Like, do you think it's annoying? Does it always read your face? Because my shit, you know, if you're laying down, you're fucked. You're, you're just fucked. It's not reading your face at all. And then, uh, and then just more times than not, you do have to readjust it, you know, and, and Brian mentions this and it's fucking, it's all of that shit is so true. Like, I mean, if he's experiencing it, I'm experiencing it. I have to imagine there's probably quite a few people experiencing the shit. You do have to have it, you know, hold it up at an abnormal angle or like, you know, adjust it and hold it there. And, uh. Because otherwise, sometimes just for no fucking reason, it won't register. And you'll, you know, you fucking push the power button again or whatever the fuck, try and slide it up again and you get the keypad. And it just, it's, it's fucking, it's turning out to be pretty frustrating. Um, because you would imagine, and, and Brian mentions this and I thought this was fascinating because Apple's big sale or, or the way that they sold Face ID to us was largely based in the security statistics right saying that all oh, like the i don't remember the exact numbers it's all fucking irrelevant really but um it was something like face id is one in a million and then touch id was one in a hundred thousand or some shit right one in a hundred thousand chances that you'll get someone that can unlock your phone so and then one in a million chances that someone can unlock your phone with face id um, Brian had an extremely good point mentioning that, well, he just mentioned that in the first month he, so he had never heard of someone unlocking someone else's phone with touch ID, but we saw in the first month families, family members, uh, there were the bullshit, like, you know, companies trying to hack the, the face ID with masks. And I believe they disproved that, like that shit wasn't. So they did get, they were able to get the phone open with the mask, but it was something like the, the time it took to produce the mask was something like 12 hours or some shit. And I believe, uh, the phone requires the keypad pin if it's if face id isn't activated within four hours or some shit so there's a safeguard for that um so that was all bullshit but given that you had the mask in hand you know miraculously yeah you could unlock it but obviously that's not possible you would need to manufacture it right um so those were bullshit headlines but i'm talking about family members you know and and even if think about that one in a million but if that one in a million is likely sitting next to you or in your household that kind of skews the statistics right because that's that's a fucking problem it's too many people are looking like their fucking family members out here too many people are looking like other fucking people out here 
And it's just ironic because think about that. Think about how much that skews the statistic. I mean, fingerprint, I get it. You know, it, it, I mean, it's so unique. I mean, how the fuck is someone else's thumb going to be like that, right? Or the fucking their index finger, whatever the fuck, right? But when you have face ID, even if it's one in a million, if that motherfucker isn't likely in your household, they look like you. They're unlocking your shit. That's crazy. I never thought about it like that. Um, but yeah, so uh, a month in, Face ID is fucking annoying as ever. Um, otherwise, uh, uh, the only real other standout is the the screen and just the uh, form factor of the phone, or, or not even the form factor, but just the uh, the aesthetic of the phone and uh to be more specific the the screen it just looks gorgeous to me you know i had mentioned this to you guys in my initial impression um that i thought the phone was gorgeous and i i liked the notch um well not necessarily that i like the notch i don't think anyone likes the notch when someone says that they yeah it's not that i like the notch it's that i i am not bothered almost at all by the notch and I mean that. Um, if I if I was, I would fucking tell you guys what the fuck. Like I'm not collecting a paycheck from Apple yet. Um, but you know, I, Apple holler at me. I'll fucking for a couple, couple uh, put a couple bills up. I'll fucking love the notch, right? <laughs> um, but no, I mean it. It truly doesn't bother me. I'll double click the fucking when I'm watching a video. I'll double click it so it fills the screen. Just because aesthetically, that's so gorgeous to me. To see the edge-to-edge uh, -edge content. It, that's a, that's the best way I could sum it up. Um, and that's apparent throughout everything that you do. And mind you, of course, I mentioned before that um, the lack of a home button, it was almost immediately... Uh, un it, it was almost immediately unnoticeable when you just slide up. And that, that, of course, stands true. I mean, I I think I would be fucked up if I had a... Well, my iPad has a uh, a fingerprint scanner. So, I mean, I use that just fine. But it, it's it's you adapt to it damn near immediately. And I've heard that in most cases. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. It's not terrible. Uh, Face ID is, though. There's definitely a lot of room for improvement. So, which only even more makes me wonder you know in what form will we see the touch id under the screen because i feel like it's inevitable right but um i don't think i stand by it i don't think apple will admit to being wrong and if they have that as a deluxe feature as a deluxe feature both the face id and the touch id on their premium model and then on their lower models they only have touch id as a selling, you know, and that being the upgrade point, being Face ID, I honestly think most people would go for the fucking phone that's just Touch ID under the screen. That's probably what I would go for. If I'm going to save money on the bitch, they would definitely have to do some shit to the camera or some other wild shit. But I don't know. I, I can't see Apple taking away Face ID. So because uh, that would be them admitting an L. And again, Apple in Apple's eyes doesn't lose. So with that being said, um, if you guys have an iPhone 10, 
does, you know, what are your impressions? What are your standouts after a month uh, or so? And does Face ID fuck up for you? Like consistently to the point that it's annoying? Because it sure as fuck does for me. Um, all right. Next, staying in the tech world, uh, Facebook brings AR world effects to Messenger. AR is taking over essentially uh, the Snapchat filters. Um, but I like that we're seeing this develop recently. I believe it's called Snapchat Lens. Um, Snapchat released. It's a developer software, I believe. And you can essentially make a, uh, I don't know their exact term for it, but when you have a fucking little character on the screen, you guys remember the hot dog dude that was like viral and shit, like one of the top memes of this year and uh, bitches were twerking for him. Like that shit was fucking hilarious. But the point is, it's not the point. The point is, um, that people, developers will be able to make their own 3d model figures you know, in real space with their, uh, I, I think it's called a Snapchat lens or some shit. Um, that shit is exciting to me because people are creative as fuck. I'm so excited to see. That's probably the top news and I didn't even have it to cover, but, um, yeah, I believe it's Snapchat lens and, uh, yeah, I'm fascinated to see what people do with it. Uh, but Facebook is implementing the AR filters. Um, and so Facebook is set to roll out a new feature for Messenger called World Effects that utilizes augmented reality. World Effects allows users to add interactive 3D objects and placing items like hearts over someone's head or an object that plays music. Uh, this is one of many tools that social network is expanding, that the social network is expanding with its AR Studio platform, which was first announced during April. Um, the studio allows developers to create AR content currently for around 2,000 brands, publishers, and artists. Expansion comes as rivals Google with AR Core and Apple with AR Kit begin to push the technology more heavily. Are you looking forward to your all AR future? Um, yeah, kind of cool, I guess. Tech news. I don't even really use Facebook Messenger or Facebook in general. So, uh, but a lot of new features rolling out in social media platforms. So I kind of wanted to briefly run through them. So Facebook AR was first. Um, now, uh, Instagram, I believe it's active currently. Yeah, it definitely is active currently, uh, because I've done it. Uh, but Instagram now lets you follow hashtags in your feed. And it's testing out recommendations, too, which is kind of the downside, I think. Because uh, that fucking timeline, well, it's not even really a timeline, right? It's just this fucking um, algorithm that pulls up fucking photos on your main feed. Or I don't know if it would, yeah, your home feed, right? Um, it's fucking frustrating. I wish it was just, uh, what is it, time-based like it used to be? like a chronological timeline. Uh, I think that's the, the biggest thing that people are upset with. Hopefully Instagram will listen. Um, they're kind of in the, in the fucking top spot, really no, no competition. So, I mean, they don't have to listen, but, um, either way you can follow hashtags. Now, uh, Instagram continues to experiment with new ways to bring folks closer together. 
the popular social network is now allowing users to follow all of their favorite hashtags. Instead of sifting through the countless tagged photos on the Explore tab, users can check out the latest hashtag street snaps, hashtag HB out there, hashtag hype courts, and more hashtag flicks to their heart's content with a simple follow. Uh, the new feature aims to widen the social scope for users, allowing them to check out the plethora of su- of subcultures hidden behind particular hashtags. I like that about it. I like that snapshots will be fucking followable. I've, I've already followed them. Um, fucking, uh, what? There's some other shit. I don't know if I followed street snaps, but... And then also, if you're out there taking fit pics and whatever, I would imagine this could only benefit you, right? I mean, albeit it's it's likely going to the algorithms, likely going to favor posts with more more interaction, but that's how it's always been. So I think it's just more accessible. Also, if you're looking at it from trying to build your followings, like like that aspect of it, um, I'm excited, especially for the the quote unquote subculture aspect of it. I like that. I think it's dope. Um, But another new feature is Instagram's new recommended for you section that is currently accessible to only a small amount of users. The attribute will show you posts that your mutual followers have liked or content that Instagram's algorithm decides to relay based on your interest. In regards to both features, Instagram expressed to The Verge, we're always testing new ways to connect you to interesting content on Instagram. Collectively, these two new features will have a major impact on how Instagram's 800 million users engage with their feed. Uh, Of course, you can always have the option to not follow any hashtags and even hide the recommend section or the recommended section. Um, That's dope. I like when they roll out something and you don't necessarily have to use it. Uh, Obviously, that's best for the user base, I feel like, but not the best for their statistics that they're likely trying to collect um but maybe with a user base that big you don't really worry about shit like that i don't know um the recommended shit frustrating i think it only you know capitalizes on the already out of chronological order feed um or just capitalizes on that problem like we don't like i just want shit to be chronological man and i think most people do um hashtags is dope that's an improvement i feel like um but yeah so instagram making advancements as well or uh little tweaks and updates to their platform uh twitter adds support for tweet storms with new threads feature uh more long more long form twitter threads are coming um so essentially let me briefly read this get ready for more verbose more verboseness on twitter the social network site has announced it will roll out a new feature that makes it easier to create thread messages or tweet storm as it's known uh this means users can basically post longer thoughts than twitter's already expanded 280 character limit provides so fucking we're talking novels folks fucking novels um the new feature is supposed to make sending a thread of tweets simpler which in theory will give users more incentive to do it which means more engagement for Twitter. The update should be live to users on iOS, Android, and its .com in the coming weeks, uh, the company wrote on its blog. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, I'm imagining for 
your timeline and for the sake of continuity, it's good. But as far as, I don't know. I don't, I think people are kind of over-exaggerating. I don't know if users will, will really abuse that. I think it'll open its, its, the platform to more storytelling. Not necessarily with, you know, using all 280 characters, but just the ability to keep responding to shit. I don't know. It's, it's, I've never fucking put out a, or tweeted a tweet storm. I've always looked at the, uh, 280 characters or even the 100, what was it? 140 before, you know, I've looked at that, you know, Joe mentions that it's essentially you have to distill and concentrate your thoughts so it actually can be healthy because you're saying what you mean in less words. Therefore, likely, you know, whenever I hear that or think about that concept, I think about Einstein's uh, quote, what the fuck was it? If you can't explain it to a child, you don't understand it well enough or some shit like that. And essentially, that's kind of how I feel about that. Like, you you know, it takes thought to boil down a thought or a, you know, just a, whatever you're, whatever you're going to tweet. Um, so I don't know. I was a fan of the 140. Uh, I'm not going to use this. Well, you guys, or more importantly, have you guys ever sent out a tweet storm? I know Ye is probably fucking ecstatic, right? Um... I don't know, but yeah, a lot of advancements coming to our social media networks, uh, which I think is crucial. It's imperative to stay alive in this era, because um, the this shit runs our lives. You know, whether we like it or not, uh, this shit is part of how we interact on a day to day basis. And uh, yeah, fascinating times, people. But all right, with all of that covered. I wanted to briefly touch on um, privacy versus convenience. So this thought is kind of like an abstract thought, if you will. But it was sparked from uh, watching Gary V, a, a video he posted, I think it was last week, where it was like a, it was, the camera was like on the fucking corner of a table. And he was giving this, you know, like they were having dinner, but he was also answering questions, you know, for this corporation or whatever, all these people sitting at this table, right? Um, And he was talking about at South by Southwest in 2008 um, when Twitter was just gaining public attention and he mentions that people there thought, you know, who gives a fuck if you walk the dog? No one cares. And, uh, And, you know, no one will care about what you ate if you ate pizza. And Gary mentions that everyone will care. And we do care. We always care. It's just what we do. It's in our nature. Um, whether we admit it or not, we care. Wouldn't OZ ass motherfuckers? A lot of us. It's it's kind of in our nature. Um, and this this sparked, you know, that kind of sparked the thought of the ongoing trend or cycle, if you will, of new social media platforms being introduced, new tech being introduced. And people initially doubting it, kind of feeling like it doesn't have a chance, uh, wondering who the fuck's going to care about that. Or or regarding tech more specifically, that it's too intrusive 
and it requires us to sacrifice too much of our privacy. Um, but then we start using it, and it's a different story. And I was thinking back on that timeline. There's a very clear timeline, breadcrumbs, if you will, that tell you what's going to happen in the future. And Gary mentions this in his in his quote that, like, we're always going to sacrifice security for convenience or security for time. Essentially, they're in one in this case because, or in most cases, actually, uh, because the, the timeline that I'm thinking of or the breadcrumbs that I'm thinking of is uh, online dating. Think about that shit. I think Gary touches on this. Uh, you know, five years ago, even it's like, it's like shameful. And even now it's kind of not spoken about, well, somewhat not nearly as bad as it was five years ago, though. Five years ago, it was like a joke, you know, or it was like shameful. Like people would talk shit to you if you were on a dating platform or a social, you know, on any type of dating site. It's okay to be on a social site, Facebook and all that. But to be on a dating site that's desperate and that's shameful, right? At least five, ten years ago. Uh, now it's the norm. Now I think, you know, fucking... There's some astronomical statistics to Tinder and relationships. Or, or just dating sites, dating apps in general. And relationships in the U.S. Um, or not even in the U.S., but even more specifically amongst our age group. So the uh, the 18 to 25, and, and I think that extends, that extends all the way up to the evidence is fucking seen in the 50s, man. You know, it's, it's just a new age, like, it's fascinating, because now it's it's common, and it's not nearly as shameful, um, and it could be seen as a privacy issue, or like a, you know, it's it's reckless, to be talking to people online, you don't even know who that fucking person is, you know, yada, yada, so on and so forth, but now it's the norm, and it's increasingly becoming so, and then you think about platforms like Twitter, or Facebook, or Instagram, where essentially every major event that happens, not only in your life, but every fucking mundane event that is only somewhat exciting throughout your day is likely going to be tweeted about maybe maybe get a facebook post about it and likely be documented in picture format on instagram think about that shit like we let out so much privacy we let out our fucking life right and then not even to mention the fucking ads you know that are learning about us and fucking constantly catering shit to us and i don't know that's a whole nother route right but i'm talking about even just our self-documentation fuck what the corporations are doing this is what we we're doing naturally sharing fucking everything you can trace back a person's day in in some cases if people are that socially active on social media or that active on social media um and then uber so i think of uber and I think of, like, what my mom and grandpa say about this shit. Just that it's fucking crazy. Like, you don't know who that person is. They pick you, what, they pick you up in your in their car? What the fuck? And, yeah, like, you don't know who that person could fucking murder you. But it's like, it, it's like that 
until you realize, you know, that everyone, like, that's likely the main form of transportation in every major city in America. I don't think that's a stretch to say. And as Joe mentioned, I've mentioned it before on the podcast, that within five years, that's going to be normal. It's not going to be normal to have a car. What's going to be normal is we're going to see companies like Tesla or people who are essentially, that's, that's one of their jobs, you know, a side income or who knows, maybe even a focused income if most people don't have cars at that point. You're going to have the select few that have cars and it's, it's going to become normal to just use your, you know, fucking Uber and shit like that. I feel like that's very likely. It's happening right now. Right fucking now. You can make that change. If you live in a big city, fuck yeah. Come on. Like that shit is wild. And so it's inconvenient and it's dangerous until it's not. Until it's convenient. And then that draws me to Apple's fingerprint scanner, Touch ID, when it's initially introduced. Uh, I think the overall feeling was, fuck, that's scary. My fucking fingerprint on my phone, you know, all the conspiracy theorists, like, ah, the fucking government's going to have my information, whatever, right? Regardless, you are using your fingerprint on that device. And if Apple's word is truthful, it stays on that device and gets deleted on that device. Um, but the feature in itself was so alarming at the time. Well, not so alarming. I don't want to blow it out of proportion, but it was very alarming to think I'm going to use my fucking fingerprint, you know, to, to open this phone. Like what the fuck for? I have a pin code, you know, what, what am I too lazy to enter four digits now? Yeah. Yeah, you are motherfucker. When it takes a second two seconds to open your phone yeah you don't have that time and now that you know well not even now that well i would say it's it's the widest used platform or or security feature on an apple phone right because face id is kind of niche i don't think it's completely taken over the touch id just because it's on so many devices um but then the evolution of touch ID, facial recognition. It makes sense. You don't have to even touch your phone. You just hold it up to your face. It wakes, projects these fucking, what is it? Hundreds of dots onto your face, maybe thousands. I don't know. I don't know specifics. But it projects these dots onto your face and then reads them. And if that 3D map of your face matches to a certain specific, you know, a a certain criteria, right? A certain amount of uh, variation, I guess. Then your phone is unlocked. And uh, so essentially a 3D map of your face is what you use to open your phone now. And it's kind of like, you know, to, to people, I think in general, really, not even just skeptics, it's kind of like, what the fuck? My face now? First my fingerprint, now my face? Fam, are you kidding me? Apple, are you fucking kidding me? Do you really need this shit, bro? And it's like, yeah, we do need this shit. We need this shit. 
I mean, face ID could get better. I just went on a rant about that shit. But, mind you, once it's as good as as fucking touch ID, it, it's really, uh, it's the ultimate tech for your phone, right? Because you don't, you just raise it. And I mean, if it could read from that angle from sitting on a table and just get better and better, that's the ultimate. And it's like, you don't even touch your screen. You just, it just fucking reads your face and opens for you. Well, I mean, you do touch your screen. You have to slide up technically, but sounds much better when it's like, yeah, you don't have to touch it. You don't have to touch the screen. Um, but no, like you guys get it, right? You see the trend again, fucking security convenience. Uh, I'll take convenience. I, I, I'm going to trust you, you know, time and time again. And I think we're seeing that with Amazon's in-home delivery service. Right now, it's kind of laughed at. It's kind of everyone's skeptical about it. They're saying like, oh, well, we'll time the drivers, whatever. Uh, and, you know, the drivers will be trained to open the door for as few seconds as possible. Um, Once this, you know, it's going to be, you know, right now it's laughed at. It's I, I believe that this trend suggests that it's obvious that we're going to adapt and we're going to accept. And we're, we, we just go with what's convenient, right? So then we're going to, you know, I, I think in a year, two years, it's not going to be laughable. You know, it's not going to be nearly as laughed at. It will likely start to take form as a convenience route. And it will be seen as a convenience. Um, and then self-driving vehicles... Stage five, if you're talking to Elon, uh, where you just sit in the car, you, t- you take a nap, you've had a long day, your car's going to get you from work to home, or work to the bar, then to home, whatever, I don't know, uh, I don't live your life, bro, but uh, I don't judge you, but regardless, you know, right now, again, talking to my grandpa, my mom, they're, they're skeptical as fuck about this shit. Like, what the fuck? How is it? I'm not going to let my car drive me. Bitch, I drive my car. And I'm like, for sure, it's not that serious, mom. But, uh, you know, seriously, though, it seems crazy until it's not. Until it's the standard. And until you get to pregame with friends in your fucking Uber that's a self-driving fucking Volvo or whatever the fuck. Maybe Tesla. A fucking Tesla, what is it, Model X? The one with the Falcon doors. Fucking fire, man. Uh, but yeah, until, like I said, the interior's all designed for you. It's it's entertainment now. Your vehicle, or the vehicle, not even your vehicle, you won't need that. The vehicle that picks you up will be an entertainment center or an entertainment area. Have fucking beer pong tables and shit. You know, I don't know possibilities are endless use your imagination but self-driving vehicles and even to elaborate on that self-driving ubers you know self-driving whatever automated service that comes and picks you up it seems crazy now in 10 years it's going to be the standard in five years people won't be laughing at it they'll be like yeah well maybe maybe that's not so bad you know maybe i'll give it a shot you're going to get all these YouTube videos of moms, you know, for the first time in the fucking 
Teslas or just whatever fucking self-driving car. I go, oh, what the fuck? Can you stop it? (laughs) You know, all that shit. Fucking having heart attacks and shit. It's going to be dope. I'm telling you. But it's fascinating because I think the track record shows, you know, just with those handful of technologies. um, And it's only going to increase. Like, is a fucking contact, a contact lens that is augmented reality, is that so far off? Would you allow that for convenience sake? I mean, you look up at the, the fucking sun. I mean, for sure don't do that. But you, you look outside and it's going to tell you the fucking weather. Whatever, right? Like so many fucking... I mean, it's going to, again, reinvent our life. We're in a wormhole, folks. Like a wormhole of innovation where shit's just like fucking warping past us. And we don't even fucking know what's happening. I mean, it's fascinating fucking times, people. If I haven't said it enough fascinating fucking times so i just wanted to go on that little rant that abstract that abstract thought if you will um and yeah let you you know what do you guys think is that has there been a case where you've been initially skeptical and then sacrificed that privacy for convenience be honest in any of these cases that I've listed or any other that you can think of. I mean, I think it's it's pretty apparent. Uh, history repeats itself and uh, it will only continue. So with that said, we are now at our end of the fucking year segment. Tonight's topic is our category, if you will is slept on albums of 2017 so basically albums that will be forgotten or left off best of the year lists not necessarily because they're bad uh either because they the artist only has a niche following or just because they came out early in the year and those tend to be forgotten um i have a list of about seven or so eight actually um and I, I did, there wasn't a specific number. It was just kind of like going through albums that came out this year. Um, I was just looking at albums that I fucking love. I mean, a lot of them are going to be, you know, personal shit that I fuck with that I know isn't going to make it to top 10 albums or whatever or really have that much recognition now uh, going into 2018. But albums that I fucking loved or that were something special that will unfortunately be forgotten uh, if you will, in 2017, for sure, that's kind of dramatic, but you get what I mean, um, the first one being Blue Chips 7000 by Action Bronson, um, it's just action doing action, bizarre ass shit, fucking hilarious ass bars, uh, amazing flow, like, Action is a well-rounded artist, and, like, he very much fills that that category, I guess, like kind of like uh, mumble rap, if you will, where you just throw it on in the background. And don't get me wrong, the dude raps his ass off. Um, but he's just saying heinous shit, like just shit that's wild as fuck, you know. And for that reason, he's not saying anything prolific. You know, that's just also who he is as an artist. He's not giving you this wild ass heavy content. And for better or for worse, I mean, maybe that's what makes it more listenable because you're getting heavy content from other artists. 
uh, and he gives you that, you know, that funny shit. It's essentially comedy rap, and he does it well. I mean, he's a talented-ass rapper. I don't mean to say comedy rap in any sort of derogatory way. It's just, if you know Action Bronson, you know that shit's fucking hilarious. Uh, so, Blue Chips, I think, and, and also because he has a niche following. I know he's he's getting, you know, he's gaining a following uh, consistently year over year, but... Still, I feel like he's very niche because of, whether it be because of his subject matter or or just uh, an old like an old school style of rapping um, or, or an old school beat selection for the most part. Um, but also the Never Story by J.I.D. Now, this one, uh, if you guys are unfamiliar, a uh, I believe the most recent Dreamville signee. Of course, uh, J. Cole's record label. Um, phenomenal. This this Jid is, I believe you can, I believe it's Jid. Fucking phenomenal artist, man. Uh, he raps his ass off. This dude is so talented and just the inflection of his voice. Very reminiscent of Andre 3000 to me. Uh, one of my favorite rappers, if not my favorite. Um, uh, of course, I'm talking about Andre 3000. But, uh, yeah, he does that little fucking, you know, he, he changes his voice and it's just, uh, and for this to be, I believe his first album is even more fucking amazing. So, uh, I hope only to see more from Jid. Um, I do think this out of probably all of the albums that I have listed has the most likelihood of being somewhere towards the lower end of people like Dead and Hip Hop and any of their album lists. Uh, but for the most part, I, I feel like it's going to be slept on. Maybe just because he's building a following. Again, kind of like Action Bronson. Uh, obviously, this guy even newer. So, uh, but yeah, if you haven't checked it out, check out The Never Story by Jid. Fucking phenomenal. Um, all right, next, The Shadow EP by Plaza. I mentioned him in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, Drake's... I believe most recent signee to OVO. Um, he has this very atmospheric uh, sound that I think a lot of OVO signees have. Um, admittedly, I th- Anthony Fantano has has uh, pointed this out, and he uh, he's bashed it actually, uh, not necessarily pointed it out. I don't mind it because I look at it as all and and with the most uh respect but i look at it as all kind of a derivative of the weekend sound so i when i hear these artists and this type of music i hear elements of the weekend and i you know the weekend is probably my favorite artist currently um sonically he's just fucking amazing i mean since since back you know at trilogy and and the initial release of the mixtapes um i don't know he's just been something so different to me and uh and yeah so i think he definitely embodies a lot of that um i mean it's apparent in in plaza it's you know apparent in, in party next door um fuck who else uh what's his name fucking roy woods um, some elements, mind you, and I'm not bashing these artists at all. That's that's just part of what I'm attracted to about you know about their music. That's just the Sonics that I fuck with. Um, Majid Jordan, kind of, 
at least as far as the vocals um they have like synth poppy vibes uh as far as a, a lot of their instrumentals but as far as vocals they are very airy um very i don't know just uh definitely has that sound that's that sonic that i that i like so plaza the shadow ep it's like five songs i i included some of them on this recent playlist um so you could check them out there or just check them out in general it's uh it's definitely slower music but the vibe is fucking undeniable at least in my opinion um and and for that reason i mean just he's he's not gonna get the recognition he's fucking unknown especially amongst when you're drowned out by all this noise that the ovo artists make hopefully we'll see a new project coming from him in uh early 2018 because this came out i think at the very beginning of the year um so yeah if you haven't heard him check him out plaza uh fucking amazing uh all right now serena by coltrane uh i recently talked about this artist on a previous podcast um fucking phenomenal i mean just he again he captures that early drake sound um and i don't know i mean just sonically i don't really with some of the shit that i'm into i don't really think too much about it it's just like sonically that's fucking pleasing to my ears so i fuck with it um his flows his uh subject matter uh it's it's very sing sing rappy melody rapping um if you guys haven't checked out this project i would say out of all of these please check out this one this one resonates with me the most um maybe it's just because of right now because i just what a month ago started listening to it um but serena by coltrane it's serena spelled t-s-a-r-i-n-a and coltrane c-o-l-3 t-r-a-n-e check that shit out fucking phenomenal um and then father figure two flourish by rex life raj or raj um this guy's melody is fucking phenomenal and then it's just some of his lyrics is just fucking it uh i don't know I, i featured what two playlists back uh quite a bit of this album maybe it was just two or three songs i try not to go overboard but um yeah melody just that's that's what i think of and he raps his ass off he's it's super motivational at least to me like some of the lyrics just uh dope as fuck and i look forward to seeing more from rex life raj or raj uh i think he has that he's very close to a mainstream sound i think it could catch any song essentially i don't see how at least one of them off of the father figure two tape wasn't you know wasn't getting radio play maybe it was maybe i'm unaware i don't know but uh yeah rex life raj raj Raj, fucking phenomenal um and then good for you amine i know this album got a lot of flack in uh i think it was in anthony fantano's review um but i don't know just the poppy vibes that it has and then even the the slower vibes that it has the more down tempo uh kind of depressing sadder songs i mean obviously that's my shit uh but even the pop shit i fuck with it i think amine does it extremely well um red mercedes i don't even think is on here 
but goddamn, that song is phenomenal. Check that song out at the very least. Um, yeah, Amina, good for you. I'm I'm excited to see his next project. Uh, he's already gained some mainstream recognition, uh, some radio play, but obviously with Caroline, which I didn't really care for actually. Um, out of the whole tape, it was just so oversaturated by that point. I think, um, still a phenomenal record, very catchy. I mean, obviously, uh. But yeah, I'm extremely excited to see more from Amine, especially in 2018. Uh, he's very promising. And then uh, Love is Rage 2, Lil Uzi Vert. Uh, this will be on certain lists, but um, just as just based off of sound. Like, mind you, this album didn't like fully resonate with me, but just based off of Sonics and how I've mentioned before, but how Lil Uzi is widening the genre with this tape i think we'll look back on it and this tape in specific will be kind of a benchmark you know uh for that sound widening hip-hop and inspiring a next generation of you know quote-unquote rock stars if you will which i have no problem with the uh with rappers calling themselves rock stars i don't know why people do um that's just how how they feel it's like fuck it why not um, but yeah, Love is Rage 2 is a benchmark in my mind for a sound that hip hop will be influenced by for years to come. Um, so yeah, shouts out to Lil Uzi's showing no signs of slowing down. Uh, fucking phenomenal. And that EXO tour life is, uh, I, I, don't even know what to fucking say about it sonically that is just uh fucking phenomenal one of one of the best songs certainly of the year uh maybe of the last five years sonically that 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 song in specific the album entirely but the song in specific is uh groundbreaking and what he tapped into on that track is something we haven't seen before whether we realize it now or not i think it's fucking phenomenal um all right and lastly kind of just fucking threw this one in there in the last minute uh mansions by mansions if you guys are unaware mansions is the name of a group that is i believe black bear and mike posner uh that's their group name mansions um and it's m-a-n-s-i-o-n-z and the album is by the same name. Um, it was just dope. The two vibe, like there's the whole album. There, there are a couple duds on the album. A couple of songs that I don't really fuck with. But for the most part, I really fuck with what they did. Um, just sonically. Uh, so check this album out. I, I think it's probably new to a lot of you. Because um, I haven't heard much about it at all. I just kind of randomly was searching through iTunes new releases one week and uh, stumbled upon it. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, possibly most sus album cover. They also get that. They also get that award. Most sus album cover or mixtape cover of the year. If you guys haven't seen this album cover, uh, check it out at your own risk, I guess. Um, it's just very sus, I thought. I was like, what the fuck? Um, but phenomenal music, so 
check this album out. Check all of these albums out if you haven't heard them. Uh, phenomenal music. So so much music coming out that I feel like these lists will only grow. The uh, you know, the lists of what will be forgotten in the year. Cause I mean, we're we're fucking consuming content so fucking quickly now. It's fucking insane. Um, but all right. So that concludes the episode of the podcast. This one is going up late as fuck. I apologize for that. Um, any of you night owls out there will get this one fresh. Uh, hot off the press. Um, to everyone else that's normal. <laughs> I mean, mind you, I'm a night owl as well, so I'm discounting myself there. But um, yeah, to anyone else that you know has a fucking regular schedule and won't get this till tomorrow... Uh, I apologize, but it's a, it's long as fuck. So hopefully that makes up for some shit. Uh, I miss talking to you guys. Uh, you guys are fucking amazing. I love you guys. Uh, I'll see you soon.